Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the first week of a new season of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. Uh, my name is Joe Marcellina, and joining me again this year and this week, uh, Derryfield AD and boys lacrosse coach Chris Hetler. Chris, how are you? Joe, it's great to be back, man. We're uh, got a little bit, got to get out on the turf today. It was nice. It's all cleared. It's it's feeling like spring. We're ready to go. I can't believe that after, you know, I know it was warmer the last couple of days, uh, but I can't believe that, that at least in the southern New Hampshire area, um, all that snow we got a couple weeks ago is pretty much gone. Uh, and, it comes, and we'll still get four. Se- we'll still get four seasons in by uh, by June. <laughs> so don't worry about well, that. Yeah, but, I was going to uh, say yeah, now. Nice today. Now that I've jinxed it, and we're going to get some like another foot of snow on on March twenty second. Uh, I apologize. Uh, well, I'll be in. Well, I'll be in. Oh yeah. Oh, oh okay. All right. Well, it'll just be the rest of us then. Uh, as always, you can send us your questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail dot com uh, or on Twitter at nhhs sports. Uh, you'll be able to listen to the show this season uh, every Thursday morning at nh-highschoolsports.com. You know, it is, uh, we do have a couple weeks until regular season practices start up, but from here on out, uh, we'll be with you every week uh, for the duration of the uh, season. We'll, we'll be going, I think, until about mid, mid-June um, every, uh, every Thursday and with a couple of changes in there just to accommodate to, uh, to the playoff schedule, I think, in late May and early June. Um, but you know, I, yeah, I am, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to be back doing this, um, and, and getting closer to the spring and not just because of the, you know, the, the warmer weather, but, um, really excited about this season. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we're all coming, all coming out of COVID. Uh, you know, it was nice to get back on the field last year. It wasn't entirely back to normal yet, but, uh, yeah, I think, you know, the way things are lining up, it's, uh, it's going to be an exciting spring. Um, it's going to be one of the most, I, I think it's going to be one of the most open tournament fields we've had in a while across the, across divisions. I think you're going to see some teams that, um, you know, maybe haven't traditionally been the top teams in the leagues, uh, competing for not only playoff spots, but a chance for the final four and for the finals. But, uh, we've, we got a couple of weeks before we get into that, right? We'll, we'll do, we'll start doing some previews, but, um, a little bit later, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, what I do want to actually do right now is kind of roll through, um, you know, what the coverage on NH-High School Sports is going to look like uh, this year, or at least what we're going to, I'm going to attempt to make it look like, um, you know, just to try to, you know, we're, as you said, we're, we're now um, two years out from the start of the pandemic. Um, you know, things were, last year was kind of just like, we're going to fight through this, we're going to get through it, and whatever we can do, we can do. Uh, at least, you know, on my end, um, you know, and obviously the year before we had nothing going on. So I think, I think I'm going to, I want to try some things, maybe some things that I would have gotten out there, uh, you know, a couple of years ago and wasn't able to. So, um, so just want to give a quick rundown of that. And, and Chris, feel free to, to chime in at any point with your, uh, your thoughts, um, um, you know, negative or positive, um, just any, any feedback is always good. So, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of the stuff that that I've always done, you know, I'm going to continue doing, you know, we're going to cover games I'm going to post videos, I'm um, going to do the preseason watch list and the postseason all state teams, um, you know, maybe add some few things to those as we, we go along. But, um, you know, the first change um, I'm planning is to add a second podcast. Um, you know, we've we've done this one in kind of in this format for a couple of years and um it always feels like sometimes we, we finish up, even when we go an hour or more, we, we finish up and always kind of go, ah, oh, man, I forgot to mention this, I forgot to mention that. 
And I think to be, you know, um, completely fair, but also to, to kind of, you know, break things up a little bit, uh, I'm going to add a second podcast so that you and I, Chris, will continue doing a boys lacrosse podcast. And then I also want to add a girls lacrosse podcast, uh, you know, bringing in some different coaches and, and experts to, ch- to talk uh, during the week. Uh, so I'll have some more details on that as we kind of work through it and hash them out. Uh, but my hope is that by the time the, the regular season starts, we will have two weekly podcasts for you. Joe, I think that's I think that's fantastic. I mean, it's something that, you know, we really haven't tried to hide on here. We, we've reached out every year and tried to say, hey, you know, um, especially on my side, I, I get to see a lot of the boys games. I, I'm coaching, um, but just don't get out to see the, the girls game as much. And it is something that we want to highlight and cover. Um, and I think it's great that now, you know, we'll have the opportunity to bring in some other coaches and experts to kind of highlight the great girls lacrosse we have going on in the state here. So, yeah, fantastic. I mean, that's a, that's a great thing that we're going to have going forward. So also kind of along those lines, too, um, I also am in the works to try to add a, uh, a coach's poll for, for girls lacrosse as well. We've probably done for, I don't know, what, maybe four or five years, we've done a boys um, lacrosse coaches poll. Uh, someone asked me last year, hey, why don't you do a girls one? And I think my response might have been, yeah, why don't we? Um, so that's something that, again, still trying to work out some details. I've probably only got a handful of coaches on board so far. Um, definitely need to get that up into probably the range of about 10 to 12, um, including myself. Um, so that's, again, something that, um, you know, by the start of the regular season, we will have figured out, uh, but is something that uh, want to try to have moving forward. Another change, um, you know, I've been, I've been kind of playing with this. and I know I've talked, Chris, I've talked to you about this a lot over the years. Um, but I'm gonna, I want to change up a little bit the way I cover games, um, you know, and, and specifically with more of an emphasis placed on the, the video highlights instead of, you know, going to six or seven games a week and, and just writing straight up game stories every single day. Because honestly, uh, that takes a lot out of me, um, you know, especially if I'm doing two or three games in a day then trying to write a story about each one by mid-season it really catches up and and I'm sure some of you can can see that in my writing um you know maybe I get a little bit lazy make some mistakes that I don't wouldn't normally make so I'll still be covering games still be writing a lot about the games but I think there's going to be a little bit of a switch to to more highlights uh at times and I I think that also is going to give me an opportunity believe it or not to get to more stuff no, I think it will, Joan. I think it's a good. I, I think for the for the listeners out there, I think it'll be a good um, value added in the end. You know, I think the more games that you can get to, that you can highlight some of the kids, the the better off we can be. I mean, I I know I've personally enjoyed uh, the stories, especially the ones you've written about Dairyfield over the year. Um, but I I think the ultimate goal is, is to get the most kids covered that we can and the most teams covered that we can. Yeah, and I and and I'm I'm not kidding about the, the the burnout there. I mean, it really I can almost tell you the week. It's usually that second week of May. I start to just, you know, it feels like my felt. I start to melt a little bit, uh, and the brain just doesn't uh, fire as as fast as I would like it to. You know, I, I guess that's part of getting old, though, isn't it? Um, <laughs> um, so what does that mean, though, in terms of, of stories? Well, I will still be writing stories. The difference is, is that I will I will be doing um, a little bit more, you know, features and profile type stuff or even notebook style um, stories, any any kind of human interest stuff that's out there. 
Uh, so what the, that means is that if you listeners have got something that you think would make a great story, please let me know. Um, I don't know what I don't know, so chances are that if you haven't seen me write about it, I probably don't know. That goes for, for parents, players, and coaches. Um, definitely need to hear from, from the coaches. Um, you know, there are 97 lacrosse teams in New Hampshire, boys and girls combined, and there is one of me. I uh, haven't figured out how to clone myself yet, so so still just one one me. <laughs> uh, don't be mod- basically don't be modest is what Joe's telling exactly. you. Exactly. Right you've got a story if you've got a story that, that might be of interest, you want to get out there, you want to promote your program, you've got some players, maybe you're hoping to get your players seen by more coaches. So when it comes time for all state voting and things like that, you you've gotten players out there. Please send those things along. Uh, Joe would love to highlight your team, would love to highlight your players. Um, you know, but with with the way gas prices are, he's got to be. That's uh, he's the, be yeah, that's another thing too. What he's doing, so can't just be jumping around hoping hoping to find a good game story someplace. Really, yeah, really going to be hard to justify the uh, the road trips of uh, of an hour or more. It looks like this spring. You know, I, I will be reaching out to to every coach. Um, but if there's a good story, you'll do it, right? Absolutely, I mean, yes, you know. absolutely. Um, yeah, we'll be reaching out to everyone for preseason info. Info. Um, and, and I've, I gotta say the response, um, that I usually get is, is fantastic. It's not everybody, but it's usually pretty good. Um, and I will say that if, you know, for the coaches that don't respond, it, it unfortunately, you know, it makes me think that maybe you don't want the coverage, um, which then, you know, maybe turns into me not reaching out to you during the season, you know, and then maybe sets up a situation where at the end of the year, you know, like like you said, Chris. You know, someone doesn't get recognition then for an all state team, and you're wondering why. And you know, it's it's because we didn't hear from you. Um, yeah. So, so you know, general in general, there, please send it, send us stuff. You know, and, and for the parents and athletes out there listening, um, again, you know, a lot of the stuff that we get and report on it is is from you, the athletes and and parents, and also coaches. And if we don't get it, uh, it's hard to report on it. So. Um, you know, that's what it, that's what it comes down to. Uh, we'll, we'll get as much stuff out there as we can. And, uh, and one more thing or one, one last thing, um, you know, when we, we started doing the podcast, I, I really, I don't know what my expectations were, um, just to, just to sit around and talk about lacrosse, I guess. And hopefully that people would listen to it. But, you know, every year I've been, I've been pleasantly surprised with how much it's continued to grow. Um, I, I love when, when I'm out somewhere and people say, oh, we listen, you know, I listen to it every week or, or, you know, really thought what you guys said this week was interesting or thanks for highlighting this. It just, I, I mean, it really makes my day. Um, I don't know about you, Chris, but I, I really love to hear that or I love would, to get emails. I was floored this weekend at indoor when, uh, when I had, I had several Campbell, Campbell Cougar players come up to me and say, Hey, when's the podcast starting? We're, we're missing it. And, uh, you know, I just thought it was a really cool thing that people are, thinking we're in the we're in the spring here and they're uh they can't wait to uh to hear about everything that's going on across yeah. the state but i mean as as it's grown um you know i've made um some small attempts to finding a sponsor or two for it uh this year i want to you know uh push a little bit more um so if you you or someone you know you think would be interested in being a sponsor for the ninth state sports show uh, again, please reach out to us. Uh, nhhighschoolsports at gmail is the best email address. Or as you're listening to this, if you're on the website, if you look up at the top there, there's a tab that says contact. Uh, if you go to that um, and right below it, it says contact us. Send us a message that way too. Um, so 
either one. Uh, and we'll have a little bit more details up on the site uh, later this week about, you know, opportunities for sponsorship. Because, of course, it's not just the, the podcast. Um, you know, would love to get someone for the, the coaches' polls as well. Um, you know, and, and to be perfectly honest, the more that kind of stuff there is, the more I can expand the coverage. So that's anything helps with that. That's where that was my that was my final point on it, too, is this is not you know, this is not something that uh, I, I'm certainly not. I enjoy doing lacrosse. I come on here every week just because because I, I enjoy talking to you, Joe. And, um, you know, so the, the sponsorship money does not go to me at all. It's it's purely there to to help Joe get out to as many games and highlight lacrosse as much as possible in the state here. Um, you know, I was talking to some other coaches on a, on a text thread we have left over from COVID. And we were kind of saying, like, hey, what other sport? in new hampshire is putting out the type of college and even professional talent that lacrosse is in the state right and and it's a shame that it's it's not getting as much recognition as as it should i mean you know what other sport you know we're going to talk about it later there are 26 d1 programs represented by by new hampshire lacrosse players right now 26 there's not i don't think there's another sport in the state that even comes close no putting that absolutely not um you know, so that that's really what it's all about. If you if you've got the opportunity and you can you can uh, you know you'd like to like to sponsor your business or, or highlight something else, uh, reach out to Joe because it's a really good thing and, and we want to continue to be able to do this. Well, while we were we're kind of talking about changes here, I think uh, I think maybe where where we have to start with um, well, actually, I think that's going to be a recurring theme for the high school side of things for the show tonight is is changes. Right. We, we got a lot of, of change to talk about. Um, we'll be looking at coaching changes, rule changes, uh, you know, changes, changes in the college landscape in terms of, uh, you know, who's who's doing well and, and from New Hampshire. So, yeah, changes will definitely be the, the, the theme of the night here. And, I mean, I, I don't even I, I I'm still trying to get my head wrapped around. I mean, we've we've had I think I think maybe if we had done this three weeks ago, we would have had a number of coaching changes for the state. And then I think in those last three weeks, there's been like a handful more um, that have happened. And, and it just is, it's very, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's a specific cause to it or if it's just so many individual cases have, it's been the time for, for some turnover. Um, I, think I, I think it's been, uh, I think it's just been a strange coincidence this year. There's been a lot of, a lot of turnover for, you know, personal family reasons, uh, you know, things like that. Um, you know, I don't think there's anything really to put the, you know, point towards it's, uh, it, you know, it's just, yeah. I mean, lacrosse is lacrosse is one of those sports where, you know, we, we've had relative stability for a lot of coaches for a while. And now, uh, yeah, we've had some, uh, we've had some turnover. I mean, probably the, the, the biggest one, um, you know, we, we kind of knew about right at the end of the season or right after the end of last season with, with Jerry Holly uh, stepping down at, at Exeter. And he had what, he'd been the coach there for the program's entire existence, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, I believe so, yeah. I believe he, at least 20 plus years. I, I'm yeah. pretty sure he was the head coach before when I when I came in. I, I think he guided them to uh, two division two state titles That's, before yeah, they moved right. before they moved up yeah um and then you know lots of lots of final four appearances uh you know runners up last year in the championship uh and really did a great job of you know along with his son being in the program of revitalizing the the exeter youth program um you know as, as we get into our d1 preview later in the month um you know you kind of see i thought for sure that you know exeter you got you got what was it 16 seniors something ridiculous something, like that yeah, last ton, year yeah you know they're gonna they're gonna fall off they look pretty good joe i'm not gonna lie to you they, they look pretty good indoors i i 
they're, you know, he did a fantastic job of not leaving the covered bear. Um, Matt Brewster, uh, former Merrimack player, went to Sacred Heart, um, coming in there, has a, a personal trainer now on the outside. He, he's taken over the program there. And uh, Jerry left him, left him in really good shape for his first year in the program. Yeah. The other um, other big coaching change, I think, in, in D1, you got um, a new coach out in Sauhegan uh, with, with Keith Bertrand stepping aside. And uh, and Nick Lambros taking over there. Um, yep. You know that'll be uh, yep. kind of a, 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 a you know that one that one was kind of a surprise. Um, and um, you know it'll be weird to kind of not see Keith. Uh, I mean he's been a longtime coach in, in New Hampshire, uh, both at, at Sauhegan and, and at Nashua North before that, and of course um, of course played at, at Nashua back in the the late '90s. So he's he's been around the game for a long time. It's going to be different to not not see him out there anymore. It will be. And again, I think Keith, you know, that was one of the ones I think Keith did it for, for family reasons without speculating too much. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's been, you know, blessed with with having a growing family. And, uh, you know, so I, I think he wanted to step away for for some reasons there. Um, but with Nick coming in, it does bring it does bring some stability. He's been with the program in the past. He was a JV coach there before. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing for them is can they round out the coaching staff? You know, it's it's hard enough to find a head coach. You know, can they can he can he bring in some assistant coaches and, and help, uh, you know, there, you know, are there parents that will step up and help? Um, that's another program that, you know, indoor lots and lots of kids have come out. Um, you know, they're it, it is going to be their last year in Division one. They are going to go down to D2 for the next cycle, but they do seem to have a lot of kids in the program right now. And so, again, covered isn't bare there either for Nick as he steps in for his first year as a head coach. And the other um, other big change, I guess, um, obviously, it's we're we're in the second year of a, of a two year cycle, as like you just said, um, you know. So so the no real like crazy division move, but we did. There is a team that jumped up. You had Keene, uh, who's going to uh, co op this year with Monadnock, um, and because of that, that their their combined enrollments puts them up in Division One. So. You know that that program uh, makes becomes the thirteenth team in D one, um, takes a team away from from D two, which um, as as anyone who's listened to the show for a long time knows, I'm going to say, uh, not a bad thing to have less teams in Division two. Um, still, twenty one is is probably too many, um, but that's uh, kind of the other change there. Um, yeah, any anything else along the um, the landscape well, there that yeah. Kinda, um... You know, first I want to highlight, you know, Monadnock uh, and the incredible run that I think it's 13 years they've had a they've had a varsity program and uh, made the playoffs every single year, uh, several times in the final four, made a run to uh, made a run to the finals. And oh, now I'm thinking back, I think 2011, um, you know, just a, it, it, it's a shame, you know, to see that. But I'm glad that they're able to I'm glad they're able to become a co-op program out there. Um, and Adnock, you know, smaller, smaller town, smaller regional school. Um, it was becoming more and more difficult without a town feeder program to sustain it out there. Um, but the Hart family did an incredible job. Uh, I believe Ryan Hart was, you know, former player was, was a, uh, was the last head coach. His father was a coach before that, um, and did a, did a fantastic job with that program. Uh, I know when we were down in division three, had many battles with them and that was always a, a great matchup for us. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to see at least that those kids will have an opportunity to team up with Keen and uh, and continue to play lacrosse. Um, you know, they're, they're working hard. They're sending a team to uh, indoor on Sunday. 
Um, you know, and they've got a lot of kids. So the, the future is bright for Keem and Madnock there. Um, moving down to Division Two, um, sort of a coaching change. Uh, Sean O'Brien, formerly of Merrimack Valley, is now the official head coach of Pembroke. Uh, his son's a senior there, so good to have Sean back in the uh, in the coaching role there. Always brings uh, brings some stabilization to to a program. Runs a runs a really good uh, real, runs a really tight ship, and and will do a good job with with Pembroke this year. Um, and then the other big change uh, was was Sean Houlihan stepping aside to become the uh, the UNH head coach. Um, you, you know, club program up at up at UNH. We'll have him on later in the broadcast here to uh, to preview their what's going on up there. Um, and Scott Singer comes in uh, to take over uh, at St. Thomas this year. Uh, Scott Singer, formerly uh, of Roxbury Latin down in Massachusetts. I think the other thing uh, worth mentioning, too, is um, is the return once again of uh, the uh, the Manchester United uh, lacrosse team there uh, with with Memorial yes. and Central teaming up. That's that's what I'm going to refer to. I know I know you said you don't think there are any any West kids on the team, but uh, I am uh, I'm going to refer like to Man U. Yeah, I, like I, I do, too. I like um, that. You know they've been playing. Uh, they've been playing indoor too. They've had a team called uh, City Lax in the in the in, uh, Tomahawks Indoor League, which I like. I like that name too. It's uh, you know I've, I've had a chance to see them a couple times, and um, unfortunately I've, I haven't been able to familiarize. It's hard. It's hard getting names. Uh, I know there's more names on the on the the website this year, but nobody's got numbers. So that's always that's what well, I, I always think, like. You know what? Too, I think we gotta have. I think we gotta have Coach Jordan on. We gotta highlight some of the you know, what, what's going on with the program there. He's done a great job of organizing and motivating the kids to come out each week for indoor. I agree. You know the. Um, I, I think that's a team that you're gonna see that he, he's doing a good job of recruiting from the football team and in the classroom and getting kids and, and getting sticks in their hands and getting pads out there. And uh, yeah, I'm excited excited to see that program this spring. Yeah, they've they've looked. Um... Like they've got some, they've got some building blocks there, um, at least during during the indoor season. Mm-hmm. Um, Division I, three. I, I guess uh, we we uh, could use this part as our, our, you know, maybe to highlight, uh, make it as like the bulletin board, um, where yeah, there's still yeah. a couple of open spots. Um, someone wants to That's jump on and yeah. Well, sorry to cut you off there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you got you got two programs um, in Pelham and uh, Interlakes Moultonboro that have both. Um, you know, both positions have recently come open, and um, yeah. So if you're out there listening to us, and uh, you've got some head coaching experience, you know, there's a there's an opportunity for you on on two different sides of the state too. You you don't have to be, uh, you know, you kind of pick your pick your whichever one's closer to you. Yeah, I would I would tell you any if any parents are out there listening or alumni of teams or or anybody out there that's thinking, hey, you know what, I might want to get back into lacrosse. Um, two great opportunities there with with Maltonboro Interlakes and with Pelham. Um, but also, I can tell you, so many schools are looking for assistant coaches right now, um, or even at the middle school level. Maybe you're thinking, well, you know what, I just want to get my feet wet. I'm not sure I'm ready for, for varsity or JV. Well, there's an awful lot of middle schools still looking for uh, for coaches out there, too. So it, that is the one funny thing. You know, Joe, we had talked about the number of programs, the D1 programs that we're sending sending kids to. So we're doing something right here. But it's crazy that, you know, if there's an opening, in football or basketball in the state, you're going to get 10 resumes on your desk as an AD, right? If I have an opening in lacrosse, I'm lucky if I get two. Right, yeah. You know, so it, it is, it is, we're doing a great job of sending kids out. We're just, uh, we're struggling, we're struggling to bring that talent back to coach here afterwards. So if there's people out there, you know, I would even say on the refing side, you know, Bill Ball, uh, Exeter AD, 
Kentucky is always looking for, for new talent for refs. Uh, that, that's going to be the next problem we're going to run into in the next couple of years if we don't start getting some uh, new recruits into the, uh, the officiating circle there, too. Yeah, it's, so. it's already, I mean, we saw it a lot in the fall uh, with, with football. I mean, I, I went to a couple of Saturday morning games um, in the fall because, and then Thursday night games. Um, because they're just because of the officiating crunch, they you know schools were were you know had to be more flexible and moving games around, which you know made it made actually come to think of it, some of those games were actually more entertaining. I think because the teams had less time to to prepare. You had a couple of shootouts, if I'm remembering correctly, but <laughs> not not necessarily yeah. the best thing to to. I'm, I'm sure you know that didn't make for fun uh, film sessions the, the following week, but yeah, it, it's it's um, you know we. It, it it feels like we're coming out. Um, if nothing else, with it getting warmer out, you know, we know that 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 from last year that that COVID cases have gone down in the spring. You know, a year ago they did. They were they were lower two years ago um, when we were all kind of you know distancing and all that. So, you know, hopefully that that that's something that you don't have to be as concerned about this year, especially being outdoors. Um, so you know, if that's so, hopefully there's a, a few people that you know maybe want to try something new now that um you know things are are opening up a little bit more and uh you know maybe be a coach be a ref and you know see how well, that goes. the other you know the other thing i would say i think at one point that was a concern but i'll, I'll tell you as an ad the thing that i see uh you know awful lot you know is, is the the biggest thing we've got to improve is, is how we treat our refs how we pay our refs Absolutely. uh we don't we don't pay our refs a lot a lot of these guys are doing it as a fun side gig as a way to stay in the game and then, uh, you know, I'll freely admit when I was younger, I, you know, I was a yeller and screamer at refs and I realized two things. One doesn't ever change anything. They're not going to change the call. They're going to do is get angry at me. And two, it's driving people out of the game, you know? So I think as parents and fans and, and even our athletes, you know, I, I've noticed, uh, you know, in lacrosse and other sports, um, you know, athletes, this is a, this is a plea to you, you know, you, you, your refs are doing the best they can out there and they're not always going to give the right call let your coaches take care of that. Don't, don't give them a hard time on the field. Um, you know, cause it, it is, if we don't have refs, we, we can't play the games. So, you know, we need, we need guys to get better and we need to have the understanding that there are going to be some weaker refs at first. That's the only way you get better. So uh, have some compassion for your refs out there this spring and let's try and let's try and bring some new people into the fold. Yeah. That's a, that's uh, a, an excellent, excellent point. The next time I see a ref, change a call because the coach or parent yelled at him uh will be the first time um you know and, and you know i've been i've been and not just covering sports i've been watching sports for a long long time uh and yeah that would be the first time i'd ever seen that happen i you know it's kind I've, of a, it's, uh, i've definitely found i've definitely found that the the nicer i've been to rest over the years you know they they're gonna miss calls but they're gonna make it up they're gonna make it up for you they're not always gonna get the right ones but if you treat them well they're gonna try they're gonna do their best to, to treat you well when they when they can you know the next time it comes around so that's the final thing i'll say on that uh with with that being said about refs well, i think that's a natural segue to move into rule changes don't you yeah absolutely and i think i think the biggest one um you know is, is on the boys side and it's something i think that you and i i don't know if we talked about it on a podcast um actually i think we might have done it in 2020 but um that was like 10 years ago so i really don't remember um but i know we, we've talked about it off the pod you know uh, amongst ourselves um and that's the change in face-offs um can you kind of just give a little you know overview of of what exactly is is change or what exactly has changed 
Yeah, and it was a big de- it was a big deal last year. I mean, it was this weird, you know, in in the last year, you know, college had adopted uh, stand up neutral grip, right? You know, there, there's the there's what they call the motorcycle grip or moto grip. You could do knee down, uh, and it really did it really did give guys an, a, a a big advantage, right? There, there's more leverage. Uh, you can get more power behind it. Um, and, and it changed, it made, it was a disadvantage in the fact that guys that were training in high school to play in college, you know, you're, you're talking three months where, you know, you're, you're working with your team day in and day out, where if you're not using the motor grip, you're at a disadvantage against the kids that are doing it and doing knee down. But if you do that, then all of a sudden you're not preparing your, it's three months. You're not preparing yourself to try and look good during the summer in front of coaches where you're going to have to. So it made sense to me that, you know, the, the NFHS adopted the NCAA rules and, and now everybody's on equal footing. And, um, you know, the real emphasis behind why they did that is because lacrosse uh, is a sport that currently is dominated by the faceoff X, the team that generally wins the majority of the faceoffs because offenses have become so good. Um, you know, there, there's a very good chance that that team's going to win, and the other team may not even see the ball for a while how, with how good offenses have become in high school. Um, so the the idea is that by going to the stand-up neutral grip, it'll bring more wing play back into the game. It'll bring uh, the ability to fight for a 50-50 ground ball, um, all those things. Well, the other... I think that's going to entirely pan out. I've already seen it not. The guys who are really good that have that have timing, they're finding ways to adapt to it, and they're still going to dominate it. It makes it better. Um, and I do like the fact that it's that it's um, consistent now throughout. Um, so that's yeah. So reading reading through some of the rules, it does sound like that a, a part of it, too, was just safety, too, was that, you know, uh, I, I don't know if this is how new this is, um, but but, it, you know, that that you're not um, that you got to play the ball before you can actually hit anybody in that, you know, on a face-off. I mean, I, that's maybe that, that's been down. That's been down for a while. It, it's uh, it's one of those things where, again, uh, you know, some refs that are, are less experienced and don't look for that. You used to be able to just fire off the line, right. And sort of almost like for lack of a better, you know, tackle the guy, right. You play the body and you just blow them. You blow the face-off guy off, off the line. That used to be a tactic that people would use in order to do that. Um, you can't anymore. You do have to play the ball. Uh, before before you can play them before you can play the man there um, and it is it's one of those things that if you're an inexperienced ref and you're not looking for it the other team can get the other team can get away with that and that is so they they have made that as one of the emphasis um, in the in the in the rules that they're for this year that they're looking at you know just having watched um, you know college games for the last you know couple of weeks too I, I feel like you know you're you're seeing and I, and I know you said that this this has been in play in college for for a little while but I feel like I'm noticing more that faceoffs go faster, um, if that makes any sense. Like, there's not, you know, it, it's not as much of a scrum. Um, I feel like, or maybe yes. maybe that's just because I'm so used to watching the high school stuff, and I haven't yet this year. Um, that was the that but, was the other big thing is that the stand up neutral grip does tend to if a guy you know a guy can still dominate if he's faster and he can pinch and pop and get it out. You do have to. They did. Uh, high school did do the adoption where you had one step, right? You had to get it out of you. you had to, if you had it in the back of your stick, you had to. You had to have one move. You flip it out, and it's got to be out of out of your stick into the right side of your pocket. Um, you couldn't just run and carry it anymore. Um, but that being said, a lot of guys in the in the stand up neutral grip, 
it is creating more 50-50 wing balls or or they'll they'll go with a you know a laser rake and 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 pop it out real quick and then you yeah exactly it's speeding up you aren't you aren't seeing the long scrums that are in there as much i like that that's scrums are scrums are for rugby those are for rugby and it doesn't make for great it doesn't make for great tv look a face-off purist will tell you that it's still you know it's two guys battling and it's a great thing and and i get it like if that's your position and and you know you're training for that then sure there 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 is a there is an art to that um but i i think in terms of keeping the game moving yeah it's a good thing that the ball's getting out faster so the other um the other big rule we kind of uh, talked about before we started recording here was um, the mercy rule. Um, and it's not, I mean, I guess it's not really that big of a change, but it's going to have, I feel like it might have a pretty big impact on it. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's a huge impact and one that I've argued that I, I, I would have liked to see in a while ago. Um, what Joe's talking about is like in the second half of the game, if a team's up by 12 or more goals, it becomes running time. Uh, it only stops on timeouts, um, you know, an injury, officials, timeouts, things like that. Um, otherwise the clock continues to run even after goals. Uh, what, what was always difficult is that, you know, that that is put in place to encourage coaches to put in their bench players, to put in their JV players to, you know, to, to prevent things from, from getting spiraling out of control. Um, the problem with that is in, in a sport like lacrosse, you can score pretty quickly. And, you know, if you, if it suddenly goes back to stop time, if it goes below 12 goals, then all of a sudden a coach might be in a position where they're like, you know what, now i got to put more of my varsity players back in or i got to put more of my starters back in. They risk getting injured. Uh, you know, it's just not a good – it wasn't a good situation. So now that once you've reached that 12-goal limit, the fact that the clock will not go and stop again is a good thing in order to prevent those things so that teams are encouraged to get their bench players in and keep them in and, and not embarrass the other team or – you know, have to worry about, well, you know, if the clock keeps, if it's stop time, the other team scores a bunch of quick goals, then, you know, then it becomes a situation where you might have to put your starters back in. So it should, it should alleviate some of that. The, the other change I would like to see made with this, and this is, I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just crazy about this one, um, is, is having the, because you, you, as you mentioned, for the guys, it's 12 goals. For the girls, it's 10 for the mercy rule. And I feel like it's a lot easier to get to 10 goals in a girls game than it is 12 goals on the guy's side. I don't know why. It just it feels I feel like I'm at more games where that's the case. So I'd almost like to see it flipped. We have it be 10 for boys, 12 for girls. I don't know. I don't know. Is that am I am I crazy in thinking that or? or, or uh, no, you're not crazy. I, I do think um, I, it is. It is strange that the two the two sports are, are different like that. Um, you know, it, it might be, it might be a time difference kind of thing. Um, and the fact that, you know, there, I, I feel like the clock is running a lot more in, in girls lacrosse than in boys lacrosse. Um, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't see why we couldn't, you know, why, why they wouldn't look at that. I, I would like to know the rationale why yeah. there is the difference yeah. between that. Well, if, that if, might be something, maybe you can bring that up in your, in the girls podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, when I get that spot on the lacrosse committee, finally, they'll, uh, I can bring it up and, and see if it can get it. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, well, it's, it, it's the opposite in baseball, baseball and softball, baseball is 10 runs and softball is 12 runs. So not that that is, you know, apples to apples, but it's, I don't That's know. A weird just, coincidence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the other, other, uh, guys rule that I wanted to throw out there that, um, I, we don't have to 
talk about this one for too long, but I I do find it odd, um, and I'm not sure why this wasn't required before, but that a uh, a protective cup is now required for everyone on the field. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like I don't know. I I, I mean. As I've told you in the past, I never actually played lacrosse myself, but I feel like if I had, I would have wanted to wear a cup. Um, you you, you <laughs> would think you would think that would be the case. There's an awful lot of people who uh, feel that the cup is is uncomfortable and and uh, inhibits them from running in the way that they want to. Um, I totally get it. I think it's foreign to me, being that I was a goaltender and <laughs> I never really had an issue running around with one. But you know what? I wasn't a midfielder. Um, but I also know why the midfielders tended to jump out of the way when when kids were were winding up to shoot on me. So, um, <laughs> you know, if, if it if it doesn't if I can get more if I can get more midfielders to play good defense and not jump out of the way, well, then maybe that's a good rule. I, I don't want to know how they're going <laughs> to go around right. and inspect to make sure that everyone's wearing a cup. I certainly am not going to be on that part of it, but uh, I will definitely encourage my I'll be as I've done every year that I've been a head coach. That will be part of the equipment list that goes home to the players in the preseason packet. We'll just have so. to go with the honor system on that one. We'll just I think so. we all hope that so. you have it on. Uh, um, along it, along those lines, though, the other thing that uh, had come in this year is the the new uh, the new shoulder pads um, and chest protectors for for goaltenders uh, that are out there. There's uh, there's new heart protection with each one of those, which is proving to be a little difficult for a lot of kids and uh, coaches to find because of the supply chain issues going on with. China and, and everywhere else right now, just importing anything with all of our equipment being made overseas. Uh, but that that rule has come into effect. There was uh, there was talk that the NFHS was trying to uh, was possibly going to rescind that at least for another year because of the supply chain issues. But so far, uh, everyone is expected to have the new shoulder pads and chest protectors come uh, come April twelfth uh, when we're when we're able to play or April Monday April eleventh when, yeah. when we start up. Um, I don't know. Any is that that kind of it on the the guy's side? Any other rule changes that stand out to you, or or were those of, kind of the of big ones? A lot of points of emphasis, but yeah. those, those are the big those are the big ones that that I think you know. Uh, we'll have our um, we'll have our coaches meeting coming up soon, where uh, coming up next week, where we'll have officials here, and there's always some points of emphasis that they'll come up. But I think those those are the big things, and and the biggest one is obviously the uh, the faceoff rule there. How I, I'm wondering how far into the season will or or how many games i'm going to go to that first week or two and see a kid trying to take a face off the wrong way uh i think you'll be surprised Joe. really I think that, that rule has been out I, I think you'll see the majority i think you'll see the majority of the kids it got, especially now with the guys who tend to uh be more specialized in that area they, they've known that's coming for a while so I, I actually don't think you'll see too many at least at the high school level maybe at the jv and middle school level you might still see some holdover but i, I think the most you know at least I hope so. I have faith. I think our, <laughs> I think gonna, our lacrosse has evolved over the last 20 years I've been here. So I think I think we're in good shape as make, a state. Make a note to myself to remind text Chris when I see. I would like, yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pictures. Uh, you know, so, so you know, major change on the boys' side. Um, but on the girls' side, I, you know, just going through this, it doesn't seem, I don't know, I, I could, I, again, this is where we need the, uh, the girls' lacrosse expert uh, on rules. Uh, but but from what I was reading, I, they don't seem like they're anything too major. Like a lot of the change, like there were a lot of changes, but a lot of them seem to just be kind of in- improving the flow of the game um, in terms of self starts coming, you know, in different spots in the field and where players are, you know, what what determines a foul, um, this and that. But the one that kind of 
you know, along the lines of, of you know, equipment and protection, um, the one that kind of jumped out to me was that, that you know, that, that goalies are no longer required to wear shin protectors uh, on the girls' side. And, you know, and the reasoning is, is just kind of kind of strange. It says because there's no standard for that piece of equipment. And well, the other the other thing that caught my eye in there is that it, it also says that it, it also creates consistency with boys lacrosse. And I, I do agree with that because I always thought it was a little weird that like, OK, so why? Did, because in the girls game with the same position, you're getting the same ball thrown at you. It's no different. Um, you know, why? Why do they need to wear shin pads and boys don't? You know, um, you know, is it, it? I mean, to me, honestly, it sounded a little bit sexist. Um, you know, if a girl, if it, you know, I have, I often have times where, where I have my guys wear shin pads at practice just to protect, just to protect them while we're doing shooting drills, right? Like don't take unneeded beating to your, to your legs there. If, if a guy or a girl wants to wear shin pads, sure, go ahead, do it. But like, why should one, why should one gender have to, when the other doesn't, um, unless there is some safety thing I'm missing. Um, it seems like, it seems like, it, yeah, you know, make it optional for both. So yeah, so, I agree. That was the one big rule I saw there. Well, I guess I guess for you then, as a as a goal, like what what did you prefer? Like, did you? Was I it never so- wore shin pads. I mean, it was no? just one of those things. Like, I always felt like, it, and I've actually had girls say that it, it does kind of inhibit you from moving. I mean, the way the goaltending position has evolved, one, you've got to be really quick in the cage and in short little bursts. But then when you get out of the cage, you don't want you know you don't want something bulky on your legs or or even you know even soccer shin pads can sometimes get in the way. Um, you know, if you're, if you're running the field and you're part of the clear or, or other things, you, you really don't want to wear shin pads. And Joe, if I'm being honest, dude, there was a little bit of macho-ness there. Like you don't want to be wearing the pads, <laughs> like, you know, but, uh, you know, and, and I never, you know, it was, uh, it was actually, you know, point of pride. You go home, mom, look at the bruises I got on my legs, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like we said, a lot of the other girls changes are just to kind of, you know, increase the flow of the game um like looking through some of this is you know just about whether the goalie's in the circle when play stopped or outside has one foot in one foot out who's coming in from out of bounds so i mean it's a lot of stuff hopefully that you know that's that's the one thing i think i i hear a lot from from parents or people who don't watch a ton of of the girls games you know is it oh there's so many whistles and i feel like the last couple years they've really tried to to do things to to eliminate that and this seems like more of that. So hopefully, you know, it, it continues to evolve and, and continues to be, you know, some less stoppages and, and you know, just, a, a you know, a, a, again, like this, like it's we were saying, free flowing kind of game. Yeah, no, I think that's the and, and that's the goal. I think even on the boys side is to try and showcase as we're getting lacrosse more and more on TV is to, to showcase the truly fast paced nature that it is. And, um, you know, any anything we can do to kind of speed that game up without, you know, destroying the integrity of the game of what it what it originally was supposed to be uh, is a good thing. I don't know any other big changes in the high school scene that uh, that we haven't mentioned yet. I think we I mean, I feel like we covered quite a bit. Uh, I think, I think that's pretty good. Um, you know, kind of lead into kind of what, you know, we, I think, you know, Joe, it's kind of evolving how we want to do this, but we definitely want to highlight, as we said, throughout the program, you know, we've got 26 D one programs represented by, by our, by our high schools around here. Um, you know, in those 26 D one programs with kids playing, you've got kids from Bedford, BG, Southeegan, Governors, Derryfield, Proctor, Exeter, Pinkerton, St. Thomas, Timberlane, New Hampton, Groton. Wyndham, Portsmouth, 
Um, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing some, I'm sure I'm missing someone here, but I mean, just that list alone is pretty incredible. You've got a, a great uh, variety of schools represented there, both public and private, um, and just tons and tons of kids playing at that level. So I, I think each week, you know, we want to kind of highlight a few, few games that we saw uh, at the D1 level. We'll try and get some D2 and D3 uh, kids in there as well. Um, you know, and again, that's where we could really use your help as, as listeners um, and as, as coaches out there. If you know, if you have some alumni doing some great things, uh, please send them our way. And, uh, you know, we'd love to highlight those guys. So what do you think, Joe? Does that sound yeah, good? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I actually, I, I, I do want to make, I do want to mention one, uh, one local guy that um, I actually had, was watching uh, Sunday night. I don't know if you had a chance to see this in the, uh, the Utah Jacksonville uh, game yep. Sunday night. Uh, I was always on the uh, CBS Sports Network, and uh, I, I, I'm, I'm actually I don't know if you maybe wanted to watch it because it might have given you flashbacks, nightmares to, to games <laughs> uh, well, against Portsmouth. But Cole Brahms, good, good uh, uh, yeah, I was gonna say good, good memories and and good battles. Uh, you know, Cole, Cole is I, I I said it before too many times. I'm a, I'm a huge Cole fan. Um, that's a kid that I got to coach when he was in middle school, played, uh, I coached the, the 2019, uh, Tomahawk purple team. Um, and he was a kid who really came to facing off late. And then I think pretty much decided that he saw that, wow, you know what, at Portsmouth, if we want to, if we want a chance to play for a championship, we need a guy that can do it. And he knew that the 2019 team kind of needed, and he dedicated to himself. And now he is, uh, he is arguably one of the top faceoff guys in the country right now. Had an assist in that game and a 16-10 win over Jacksonville. Um, he went 62% at the dot, went 18 for 29. Um, yeah, I mean, but I, uh, I think you, I, I think a lot of those were late too when they were trying to hold off Jacksonville. Uh, if I'm remembering correctly, watching that game, I mean, I remember. They, I mean, they were they were they made a point to mention mention it a couple times on the broadcast too in that fourth quarter that he was, you know, he was keeping that you know that that he was keeping possession on Utah's side. He's a game. He's a gamer, man. He, he's a guy that when you know the lights are the brightest, he he performs. So it, it doesn't doesn't surprise me. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm Utah sitting at three and one right now. Um, you know, and that was a good win over Jacksonville. Jacksonville turned some heads earlier this year. They had a win over uh, win over Hopkins, and uh, you know, they a lot of people were were on that train. And um, you know, so that's a great win for Utah. Uh, Sorry, I kind of derailed you there too. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> all good um, um but so yeah. a couple other couple other games you know uh recent game you know some some uh programs that we've highlighted before going up against each other uh we had we had merrimack and umass lowell playing each other two programs that have been really uh generous to to the new hampshire uh recruiting landscape merrimack ends up winning 16 10 uh they're three and two on the season umass lowell you know struggling a little bit they're all in four right now looking to looking to get the ship righted there um, but a ton of guys playing for Merrimack right now. Drew Haley found the box score the other day. Uh, former BG Cardinal went one and one. Um, and they've got a lot of other guys. Brennan McGinnis is playing for them. Lance Crates, uh, Henry Vote and Net having a having an outstanding year. Uh, I don't know, Joe. Did you see the the highlight? They played BU and he scored scored a goal. I like did. Yeah. 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 It's I, he's. I feel like when I've been seeing Merrimack show up in my Twitter feed it's because of of it, half the time it's it's Henry making a a play and yeah so I I did see that one that was a was it was a, a fun uh, highlight to watch or to get yeah and and uh and UMass Lowell you know it's great uh they again been a really good really big fan of the of the New Hampshire uh recruiting scene 
they've got some guys, uh, a name from the past, uh, former Bedford Bulldog, Dakota Clark. He found, he found the, uh, the box score there, had a goal in the loss. Um, you know, and they've got guys, Eric Flynn on defense. Uh, I believe Riley Lawhorn's out there. Didn't make the box score, but he's with the program there. Mason Carroll from BG. So, again, a program that's uh, been real generous to, to New Hampshire over the years. How can we have a college roundup without talking about the Cameron brothers, right? You got, you got Brian at Rutgers and you got Sean at Princeton. And guess who's going head-to-head this weekend? <laughs> Could it be the two of They're- them? They're going after each other this week. They're going after each other. A little sibling, little sibling rivalry going on this weekend. Uh, you know, I don't know, Joe. Who do you? Who do you, you've seen? You've seen. I think you've had a chance to watch both those teams play right now. What, what are you thinking right now? Does Big Brother, does Big Brother take this one, or or does Sean get one over his brother? I haven't. Yeah, head? I haven't seen too much of. I, I didn't get a chance to see Princeton, but I was watching a lot of the Rutgers game um, this past Saturday, and um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely. If they're not on, if Princeton's not on their radar, then I'd be, you know, stunned. But they better, they better be. Yeah, Princeton, Princeton's faceoff guy is, is facing off really well right now. Rutgers clearly can score. They're putting up big numbers. They're, they're. I think it's going to be a top five. What it, a top five matchup. I think both teams are going to be ranked in yeah. the top five. Uh, come, come this weekend. Rutgers is putting up points. They're they're struggling a little bit on defense right now, but uh, that'll that'll definitely be that'll be an interesting one that I'm I'm looking forward to there. Um, I think the I think the biggest question is 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 who is Coach Cameron rooting for? What what is he is he going <laughs> to show up rooting, with the? I think he's rooting for a tie. That's what I think he's <laughs> he's going to show up. I want to know does he have one of those um, like half and half jerseys? You know, like where it's that like, would be that <laughs> actually he should that would be the way that would be the way to go. That we we should we go. should find someone to to make him one of those. If he doesn't have one I already, just found it. you know what? You just gave me. There's. A, I just found his birthday gift <laughs> right there. There you go. Perfect. Uh, that's um, too good. A couple other things tonight. We had. Um, we had a big. You know, talking about the Ivies, a uh, team that has that's been down a little bit. Dartmouth over the years, big win over Vermont tonight. Uh, eight seven over Vermont. Foster Burnley, former former Sauhegan Saber out there, terror on defense. Uh, he's been having a good. He's been having a good season for them. Uh, so that's a great win. The Ivies, the Ivies look, you know, after a year from COVID, they're back. The Ivies, the Ivies look good right now. Um, Cornell, um, Yale, Penn, uh, a lot of the, a lot of these teams are looking really good right now. Looking really strong. Harvard, Harvard's had a great recruiting class. Um, so excited to watch, excited to watch the Ivies how that shapes up. Um, and then uh, Matt Licata, Timberlane for for Villanova, he hit the box score recently there. He's got he's got two goals and assists on the season there. So. Guys all over the place. Um, last one I'll leave you with. Uh, anybody who saw the Syracuse-Hobart game over the weekend, fantastic game back and forth. Two teams arguably, you know what, they're, they're, they're living on offense right now, but uh, Nate Levine from Wyndham out there and Max Horton from Derryfield going head-to-head with each other. So we got guys all over the place, Joe. It's been a lot of fun yeah. so far watching, watching preseason. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Well, what do you say? Should we bring it? Talk, talk, yes. Uh, let's. Uh, so we got. We got a, 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 a to wrap up our, our college roundup here. We're going to. Uh, we got a special treat, as you mentioned earlier, Chris. Uh, we're going to bring on uh, the new UNH uh, men's lacrosse head coach, uh, Sean Houlihan. is going to join us. So let's get get him on right now. Sean, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having me on, Jeff. So you are uh, you're taking over uh, the UNH men's lacrosse program. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about, obviously, uh, it is a, a club team that participates in the, uh, the men's collegiate lacrosse association. 
Um, just tell us, can you tell us a little bit about maybe the a little bit about that and 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 how UNH uh, is in that program or in that uh, conference? Yes, definitely. So uh, a lot of people probably don't know what the MCLA is. Uh, it's an organization that was started back in the late '90s when um, Title IX first started going through the college ranks. Uh, for those that don't know, Title IX uh, looks for colleges to have equal uh, men and women's uh, financial aid and scholarships. So a lot of programs, um, unfortunately, they lost their look, the men's lacrosse program. Uh, you know, big rosters, it's, it's an easy target. So a lot of, a lot of Division I teams uh, lost their programs. Uh, UNH, I believe, lost their program I believe in 1997. But what happened is a lot of these colleges got together and said, well, you know what? We still have all these players. We can still play games. We just won't be under the NCAA uh, umbrella. Uh, so what you'll see, if you ever go look out at the MCLA rosters and statistics and conferences, you see a lot of big name colleges, uh, UNH, you know, for, for the conference that we play in, it's UNH, BC, UConn, uh, Northeastern, Buffalo, um, you know, you head out towards the Midwest, you have Michigan State, uh, down south, you got Clemson, Florida Gators, Florida State. So a lot of big colleges that decided, you know what, we can still run a, a men's lacrosse program. And they got together and they created their own league. Got to, got to mention, too, that a program near and dear to my, my heart, Pitt, Pitt is in there as well. Correct. Uh, they're, yep. they're men's Pitt, team. Pitt is a, one of the teams we used to play. We're not playing them this year, but okay, okay. hopefully next. Um. So what, in, in general, the, the, the MCLA is really getting a strong foothold with the growth of lacrosse across the U.S. Uh, more and more colleges are uh, running what they call you know, club programs. Uh, the big difference between a club program and a Division One, Two, II, or Three program, uh, there's a little less commitment. You know, we only practice three days a week. Um, the season starts and ends roughly in the same time frame. Obviously, there's no scholarships. And the big difference is that the players have to pay to play. Uh, so these kids are really dedicated. You know, they want to be at practice because it's costing them uh, money out of their own pocket. Sean, it's great that it's great to have you with us today. Uh, thanks again for coming on. Um, I'm curious from from your standpoint. I got to you invited me up to tryouts. I was I was floored, astounded by the the talent level that was that was out there. You've got an amazing roster. Um, what's the, what's the biggest difference for kids that, that want to play at this level? Um, tell me if I'm a recruit right now, why come play it? Why come play at UNH? Uh, you know, put play for your home state. <laughs> I love to see more right? kids stick around and play for us. I, I would say, so head, the biggest thing I, I hear that all the time when people come and they see our games or they come watch a practice that the talent level, right. Um, I mean, I've been coaching in New Hampshire now for 16, 17 years. And, you know, I'm sure you hear it as well. Kids are like, oh, you know, the club, I don't want to play club. It's, you know, such low level lacrosse. I've seen plenty of club players come through in tryouts because I used to help UNH do tryouts uh, that didn't make the team. Uh, to your point, there's a lot of talent out there. Uh, you know, we have D1 transfers on our roster. Uh, these kids can get up and down the field and play with just about anybody. Um, you know, in the fall, we did have a scrimmage with SNU and we also scrimmaged Keene. So we are out there playing division two and division three teams as well. Yeah. I mean, you've got, you've got kind of a who's who of former, uh, you know, division one, two and three all state guys on your roster right now. You've got a lot of those 
can you hi- off the top of your head? Can you highlight some of the guys that are playing for you right now that some of our listeners might uh, might recognize? Oh sure, there's a lot a lot of New Hampshire talent on that, that roster. Um, you know, at attack we have Brandon Howe, um, uh, Crowley, Johnny Moore. Uh, these are the three attacking that used to play together um, growing up, uh, playing club at Tomahawks. Now they're playing together in their senior year for for us. Um, you know, uh, Doug Barker, uh, great defenseman. He actually transferred in from Lowell, I believe, is where he was at prior to the year. Uh, but, yeah, if you look at our roster, uh, up and down, you'll see a lot of New Hampshire talent. You got some got some former Winnicunit guys that terrorized me there, I think, playing on your roster. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, mean, Nick, got... Nick Mason from uh, – who played at Goffstown. Yeah. Uh, yeah, both the Chase brothers that played at Winnicunit, they're – Two of our strong defensive middies, uh, as well as Gavin O'Hare, another one kind of player. Uh, it's interesting because I've played, you know, I've coached against most of these kids uh, at some point, <laughs> whether through high school or uh, or club. You know, uh, uh, what's you know to that effect, what what's been the biggest change for you going from going from high school high school to college? I'd say the biggest thing is uh, I don't need to spend time on teaching kids how to play the game. Yeah, uh, that's that's probably the biggest difference, uh, and it's much faster pace. You know, drills are shorter, more high intensity, um, but it's not so much about you know lift your elbow, follow through, move your shoulders. It's it's more about you know get through the drill, give it everything you have. Uh, you know, you tell them go do this, and they already know what it is, and they go do it. Again, it's a really high IQ level of lacrosse player you know, on our team. What would you say, Sean? What, what what's the signature of UNH? Like, what what do you what do you do? You know, what what would guys say if they watched your defense, if they watched your offense? What do you, what are you trying to instill there? It's your first year there. You're building culture. What what are you trying to have UNH be known for? Uh, I, I'm I've been so impressed with our defense since day one, early in the fall. Um, you know, and I think it really is is what we're trying to be known for as a, a strong, you know, uh, tough defense. You know, we don't back down. Uh, We've thrown our bodies out there. It's very physical defense. We have some great goalkeepers um, uh, in net for us. Uh, From an offensive perspective, you know, we're we're still finding our our groove a little bit. Um, You know, the team's coming together. I've thrown some new and different uh, sets at them. Uh, But we're getting there. You know, where I want us to get to is an up-and-down, fast-paced team. We're deep. You know, I would say out of the four games we've had so far, um, you know, I'm comfortable going, you know, down to three lines. And most of the teams we play, you know, they're leaning heavy on their starters. So we're deep, and I feel we're going to have a good year this year. You know, Sean, you mentioned the, the differences with, with guys coming in being ready to go. But maybe for you, what would have been some other things, maybe not necessarily on the field, you know, making the, the switch from, from coaching in high school to, to coaching a, a college program? Um, I think, I think one, probably one of the differences, you know, it's because it is a club program run through the school, it's run through the student rack and that's pretty consistent with all the MCLA programs. Um, the team leadership is extremely involved in the day-to-day operations of everything. Um, you know, coming out of high school, normally your athletic director and the head coach are doing most of the heavy lifting, making sure transportation and 
you know, game schedules are all lined up. Um, but in MCLA, we really try to push that to the senior leadership. Um, so like, for instance, we're heading out to California on Saturday. We're going to go out to the West coast. We're playing Dominican Stanford and Cal Berkeley. Uh, I had very little to do with this. You know, the, the kids come together, they're working the itinerary to figure out what we're going to do on our day off. Um, you know, lining up the transportation, pick us up at the, at the airport, the hotels, organizing, you know, parents that are coming out to organize meals. So that's probably one of the biggest things is that for me, having been a coach for so long in this area and with also with hooligans, you tend to have, I usually have my thumb on the pulse of what's going on. And here I've had to actually step back a little bit and let them run with it. Um, that's probably one of the biggest changes from a coaching perspective. What was an amazing opportunity for those kids. It's almost sort of yeah. like an internship. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. I mean, it, it is, you know, and you know, I've obviously I, I, I do help them. You know, I I've helped them create a, a club budget, which they didn't have documented before. Right. So they're, they're learning how to run a program. Um, and these are, again, great kids coming out of college. There's a good portion of them that are, you know, uh, looking for the uh, sports management uh, degrees. And I think this is, it's an opportunity for them to kind of get their feet wet. John, I, I think you sold, I think you sold it short uh, in the beginning there when, when I was asking you why, why UNH. I, so your kids got to go to Florida. They're going to go to California. You got a trip to Georgia Tech in there. <laughs> I'm telling you, when I was at Colgate, my senior year, we got to go to BMI for spring break. I, I'm transferring <laughs> right now. Like, if I get to do it over again, are you kidding me? That's uh, yeah. I've, you know, I think that's one of the best. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the best things, Het. Right? It's and people don't realize this. Um, actually, even even last night, I don't know if anybody caught it, but last night, the Florida Gators played Liberty on ESPN Plus. Uh, we played the Florida Gators. It was our first game of the year. Uh, like two, three weeks ago down in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, so, you know, the, the league itself is actually growing more and getting more recognition. I mean, can you imagine, you know, MCLA pro, you know, team being on ESPN? I mean, that's, that, yeah. And I saw that, that was like, wow, this is legit. You know, it adds a lot of value to it. It almost, it almost feels like calling it like a club sport. It, it, it does it an injustice um, in a, in a way. You know, because it, totally it, it, it almost because because I think you say that and it and it, you know, the first thing that kind of pops into my head is just a bunch of dudes showing up at the gym and, you know, we're going to shoot some hoops or something, you know, something like that. And I don't think I mean, obviously, it's that's not what it is. So it almost, it's I almost the wish, furthest thing from yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I wish there was, you know, feel like we need to come up with a better name for it. I, I make the joke. I'm like, it's like a division four. Right. If 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 the NCAA woke up and saw what was going on. You know, it, it would be like that next the next division because the, the competition, you know, to, to Het's earlier point, you know, it's not just our team that's talented. There are some really talented teams out there. Um, and some and again and again, because it's, it's a different league than NCAA. So some programs have a little support from school, but the majority of us, we have zero support from the athletic department. And it has to be that way because of Title IX. So they can't they can't provide us any funding or. Or anything uh, for Title Nine, but um, yeah, I think I think calling it a club sport it does sell it short because these kids are dedicated. You know, they're at practice three days a week, which again is is not as much as you would see if you're at a Division One, Two, or Three program. But their off days, they're hitting the gym, uh, doing film sessions. You know, they're dedicated. They're they're true lacrosse players. 
I think the other thing that, that I see a lot with the UNH program too is the, the alumni involvement and how much the alumni care. And, and some of them, yes, were there when, when it was a varsity program, but there's an awful lot that I run into that played as a club program too. And they, it seems like a really dedicated group, one that gives back a lot. I mean, have you found that in your experience so far? What, what, what's the alumni group been like? The, the alumni group is great. Um, and you're right. It goes all the way back to when it was the Division One program. There are guys that um, – I played against uh, <laughs> when I was at BC and, and they were at UNH. Uh, we were actually, when we were down in Jacksonville playing, playing the Gators and um, in Florida state, uh, we snuck over to watch a little bit of the uh, Jacksonville and um, Marquette game. And I'm on the sideline. This guy walks up to me. And he's like, Hey, I played lax at UNH back in 92. And I was like, oh, I probably played against you. And next thing I know, we're texting with all these different people that we all know each other. So it's a great alumni network. Uh, again, they do a lot of support. We do fundraising, obviously, to help the, the kids out so they don't have to pay as much. And the alumni step right up and they help out. Oh, that's great. What? So, you know, long term, what what's the goal of the program? Is it is it to win a national championship, or are is the is the program actively trying to get back to a, a varsity status? Um, you know, what what as you took over the program, what's your ultimate goal? Our goal, again, I, I can't control Title IX. I can't control, you know, the decision by the school. You know, they would have to balance out the men's and women's programs. So they either have to add more women's programming to allow lacrosse at UNH or decrease men's scholarships and funding in other areas, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, so I don't, I don't think we're, we're going to move down that path anytime soon. But, you know, our goal, the last full season that this program had, uh, they made it deep into the playoffs. Um, and most of the kids that are seniors now, I believe, were freshmen that year. They want to get back there. You know, my goal is to have UNH be a perennial powerhouse. You know, we started off the year, I think we're ranked eighth in the country. Um, we lost our first two games, but they were good losses. You know, we lost to Florida. 10 to seven. We lost to Florida state, I think 11 to seven, but those were our first games with only three practices under our belt. And they had been practicing since the beginning of January and it was their fourth and fifth game of the year. So like, I think we have the talent to be extremely competitive. I'm looking for some really good things to happen out of this California trip, um, which will get us back up in the high in those rankings. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, I believe I'm correct that when COVID hit, uh, they had knocked off the number one team in Georgia Tech at the time, and, and possibly if rankings had come out, they were they were possibly going to be ranked as high as number one before COVID hit. I think I'm right with that. I I think you actually are right. I think they did end the COVID season, so that was 20, 2020. Yeah, so I think they made it to the the finals or the semifinals in nineteen. They won their first three games in 2020 and that last win was against the number one ranked team in the country. So yeah, they, they would have been ranked probably number one and they had a, you know, a solid team like they have every year. Actually, yeah. um, just, um, just pulled it up right now. Yeah. They were undefeated going into that last game of the year. Um, and then no lacrosse yeah. last year at all. Yeah. Yeah. So am I going to, so should I start looking for a UNH jacket on the sidelines during the club circuit this season? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> is UNH going full, we're going full after, full after recruits this summer? Yeah, I, I, I am. I mean, it was great well, that, you know, I have a lot of players that are reaching out to the, to the program already. 
um, you know, good local New Hampshire guys. Um, it's great to have kids reach out, you know, and they understand the situation, but they know they're going to get a good education. Um, they're going to get a good lacrosse program and, uh, and they're going to have some fun along the way. Well, absolutely. Well, Sean, don't be, don't be a stranger to the program. Uh, love highlighting the local guys around here. So please keep us, keep us up to date with, uh, you know, stats and stories. Uh, I know I'm looking forward to, you got some games coming up in April. You got BC, I think down at BC on April 2nd, and then you got Northeastern on April 8th up at your place up there. Those are going to be fantastic. Um, and then you round out, you got, you got a trip down to Georgia tech who, who's always really good too. So some exciting lacrosse locally here for people who want to want to see some good lacrosse and, and former NHIA public school players around here. Yeah, it's going to be great. That that last game of the year is our senior night, the Northeastern game. Last game of the season, senior. They're going to let us play in the football stadium, the brand-new football stadium. So it's going to be a great night. Hopefully we get a lot of uh, youth programs out there, alumni. Um, and that's our last game before we head to playoffs. And I, I, I expect us to be in the playoffs and make a run – Friday, April eighth. That might yeah, have to. Yeah, uh, that might have to be a team trip. Might have to mark the calendar. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's uh, a yeah. couple of days before the start of uh, of the the high school season, and that actually that might be the uh, the the for, at least for us uh, from you know my perspective, the worst worst part for us is that not being able to see you or not seeing you at any point during the year. Always enjoyed um, watching your teams and getting to talk to you um, after games. Um, Thanks, but um, but yeah, really excited. Really. Excited to hear what you you've got going on with uh, with this uh, UNH program. Yeah, and I, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to bring me on. I, again, I, I love the questioning about the MCLA because a lot of people don't understand it; they don't know what it is. And to your point, Joe, they go like, "Oh, club lacrosse—that's got to be terrible lacrosse." Uh, it's not. You know, I, I would I would put our team up against any team out there, and uh, we give them a run for for as much as we could. Well, we're definitely looking forward to it and, and really encourage anybody listening out there to get out to some of these games uh, this spring because you'll see some you'll see some great lacrosse action out there, uh, you know, along with the other schools that we're going to be highlighting this year. So, Sean, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, check out our live streams. All the games are live streams. So Excellent. hopefully uh, you guys can check it out. Yeah, thanks again for joining us. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, so a big thanks to Sean for uh, taking the time to join us today, and and looking forward to seeing what uh, what UNH uh, does over the uh, the rest of the spring, and and hopefully I I don't know about about you, but I was uh, well. First off, when I when I you set started out and said you were he invited you out for tryouts, I was like, whoa, I didn't know you had any any eligibility left. Does it work differently <laughs> with uh, with with the MCLA? Um, but um, but yeah, I'm 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 I want to I want to try to get out there at some point this year. Want to you know, see what's, what this is all about. Absolutely. I would encourage any of our listeners to get out there. Um, you know, I, like I said, you know, during the interview there, I was really impressed with tryouts. I mean, boy, some of the kids they had to cut, I mean, they, you know, you, you'd be, you'd be thrilled to have that at, at, at a lot of colleges. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's amazing. It's amazing. The talent that they have there, uh, the number of guys you could arguably make two club teams from what they had there. They could have, they could almost have a developmental team. I mean, it's too bad. I didn't ask Sean about that that might be interesting down the road. You know, you have a, you have sort of your junior varsity team there, which a lot of schools, you know, kind of, kind of have, um, it'd be kind of neat to have down the road there. Wow. That's I, it, it, the, just the thought of that is, is having to, to, you know, cut guys at that level. I mean, just is, um, 
yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. Like like we were saying, the whole whole idea of of you know a club team is is just uh, the the naming of it is just not uh, doesn't do it justice. Yeah, unfortunately, those guys, unfortunately, if you had a JV team, given the practice times of the varsity team right now, they'd probably be practicing at midnight or one a.m. But uh, <laughs> you, you could yeah, do it. That yeah. is, I give those kids a lot of credit, Joe. You know, Sean had talked about it. Um, it, it's not easy, but it's super rewarding. I mean, they do get to go on some great trips. Uh, they, we talked about the, the alumni um, support, um, the networking they get out of it for, for future jobs. Um, you know, it, it is a really cool, um, a really cool opportunity for these kids. And I was really impressed to hear uh, from Sean how much effort and, and really work the kids put into running the program themselves. I mean, I, I see how much work Sean does. And to hear that the kids are that actively involved, that, that's pretty cool. That's that's a great life experience for them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I think we made it. Uh, we we got through the first one. Um, any any final thoughts uh, or something we didn't get to before we uh, we say good night? Well, first one first one's in the book, and uh, you know I was looking forward to it all day. And uh, I, I I tell you what, I I just can't wait to get out and start playing some games again. I'm uh, I'm excited. Last year was a it was great to get back on the field again after a year away. And, uh, you know, now on a day like today, getting to go out on the turf and in a bright blue sky, um, I, I'm itching to get back out there. Yeah. So can't wait for the real games to start and uh, looking forward to next week. I know it's been I, – well, I know for you with, with your basketball teams, you know, they were still playing and, and hockey still going uh, potentially. And, um, you know, but for me, I just doing Division One, Division Two this year on, on the basketball side, you know, having all this time off. You know, it's been great that I've been able to get some behind-the-scenes stuff done. But, man, I am I am itching to go to go to some games. Uh, definitely, uh, am missing that at this point. You know, normally I'm in the you know in the thick of it right now with the basketball. But, uh, you know, it's well, uh, Joe. I'll leave you. You know, you're always welcome. We we love having <laughs> you here and love the coverage. So you're welcome anytime, All my right. friends. All right. Well, he is uh, Dairy Field boys lacrosse coach and AD Chris Hetler. Chris, thanks again, and uh, looking forward to talking to you next week. Sounds good. We'll do it again. All right. I am Joe Marcellina. Thanks again for listening, and uh, have a great week.